Chapter Number Seventeen of the Old Tobacco Shop. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by April six zero nine zero, California, United States of America. The Old Tobacco Shop by William Bowen. Chapter Seventeen: High Dudgeon and Low Dudgeon the pirate captain and his men rose from the ground and captain lingo in his politest manner requested his captives to follow him the entire party moved down the slope into the valley and after a walk of some quarter of a mile entered a grove of trees in this grove were tethered ten handsome mules of which seven were saddled and three were laden with packs one of the pack mules was quickly unladen a fire was built and in ten minutes the hungry guests and their hosts were making a very good breakfast of bacon fried by mr leatherbread as the captain called him one of the pirates to whom the business of the frying-pan was left by general consent when the bacon had been washed down with clear cold water from a spring near by and the mule had been packed again freddy and aunt amanda were assisted into the saddles of the two smallest mules and the captain mounted into the saddle of the largest now look here captain lingo said aunt amanda i want to know where we are going and all about it the idea of me sitting here astraddle of a mule and this bonnet simply ruined and my dress just about fit to go to the ragbone man and my hair look here captain lingo i ain't going a step on this mule until you tell me what pardon me my dear lady said the captain but i must ask you to put up with my little whims a short while longer i beg the pleasure of your society upon a little journey nothing more i assure you the country is very interesting may i not promise myself the bliss of your approval he turned to the six pirates with a scowl mount the rest of them scoundrels four of the captives were mounted by the pirates on the remaining mules and the procession moved out of the grove into the open valley freddy had never ridden a mule before and he was delighted when they entered as they soon did the great forest which they had seen from the plateau freddy was more than ever delighted after the blazing sun of the open country the shade of the forest was delicious the trees were huge and while the trunks were far apart the branches made a leafy roof overhead which was almost unbroken flowering plants grew everywhere vines climbed the trees little streams murmured here and there and the only sound which disturbed the repose of the forest was the occasional screech of a parrot and the occasional chatter of monkeys the first time freddy heard the sudden scream of a parrot in the stillness he was thoroughly alarmed but when he learned what it was and saw the flash of the bird's plumage between the trees he forgot all about his danger and for the rest of the day he gave himself up to the pleasure of watching for parrots and monkeys among the branches the sly old codger turned in his saddle and said to toby who was riding behind with mr punch walking between a work of nature my dear friend a real work of nature so beautiful parrots and monkeys flitting about overhead the primeval forest stretching its bosky arms above us in all directions so bosky what one might call a real work of nature so very very bosky 
right you are said toby it puts our druid hill park in the shade that's a fact makes it take a back seat and play second fiddle as sure as you're born i beg your pardon said mr punch how can a park sit down and play a fiddle all day long they moved onward single file further and further into the depths of the forest at noon they halted for a luncheon of fried bacon prepared by mr leatherbread the afternoon wore on and the forest became gloomier and gloomier about them as they marched the silence grew almost terrifying and all the pleasure which freddy had felt in the morning vanished night fell and the procession entered a little clearing and there the pirates made camp for the night after a supper of fried bacon prepared by mr leatherbread the whole party retired to rest each on a mattress of green branches and leaves covered with blankets the night was mild and when the last blanket had been made ready the moon rose and tinged the tops of the trees with silver and while freddie was watching the moon as it climbed higher he fell asleep aunt amanda did not go to sleep so soon ketch the practitioner had devoted himself very specifically to her in preparing her resting place while he was spreading the branches and blankets for her she said to him ketch where are we going not so loud ma'am said he we're going to high dudgeon high dudgeon what's that Shh. when we're disappointed or disgusted or vexed we always go to our home in high dudgeon is that where you live part of the time ma'am mostly we are away at sea or on the island but when anything goes wrong and we're angry about it we always go home and stay there in high dudgeon yes ma'am and what are they going to do with us when they get us there Shh! you'll be in great danger there if you can find any way to escape from there i advise you Shh! not another word captain lingo is looking this way i must go aunt amanda did not sleep very well that night in the morning after a breakfast of fried bacon prepared by mr leatherbread the company resumed its march at noon a halt was made beside a spring for rest and food and here mr leatherbread prepared a luncheon of fried bacon in the evening as the travellers were plodding onward ketch walked for a time at the head of aunt amanda's mule aunt amanda leaned forward and said to him ketch are we going to have more bacon to-night no ma'am said he in a low voice we'll have supper in high dudgeon my old mother's the cook there you heard me mention her yesterday morning i've an idea there'll be pigeon pies for supper and mark what i'm saying to you ma'am his voice sank to a whisper if you get a pigeon pie for supper look careful to see what's inside of it before you eat it mercy on us said aunt amanda are they going to poison us but ketch slipped away in the gathering darkness and said no more they had gone but a few hundred yards further when at the moment when the darkness of night was making ready to blot out everything they suddenly emerged into a round grassy clearing enclosed by the forest where the light was better and over which a star or two could be seen glimmering in a pale blue sky in the midst of this clearing rose a tower it was a round tower built of stone its top came scarcely to the top of the surrounding trees and it was in fact not more than two stories high it appeared with its wide girth low and squat 
its sides were pierced here and there with deep and narrow slits for windows and on one side was a heavy oaken door with great iron hinges and an iron lock through two or three of the upper slits in the wall glimmered a light from within it was otherwise dark and forbidding aunt amanda found ketch at her mule's head again she leaned forward and said to him is that high dudgeon no ma'am that's low dudgeon low dudgeon what do you mean by low dudgeon ketch looked at the tower and shuddered i don't like to talk about it ma'am i don't like the place it's the place where we used to live long ago before we built high dudgeon there's none of us wants to live there now we haven't lived there since ketch paused and shuddered again and evidently decided not to go on there's a light up there said aunt amanda does anybody live there no ma'am said ketch nobody lives there but there's a light said aunt amanda surely there must be somebody there there is ma'am there's thirteen of em thirteen what but ketch only shuddered again and would say no more aunt amanda noticed that instead of going straight onward past the door of low dudgeon the pirates led the file in a wide course away from it along the edge of the clearing as if to avoid coming near it and when the procession had thus skirted the clearing and entered the forest again on the other side leaving the low tower behind a sigh as if of relief went up from ketch and all the other pirates except however from captain lingo himself who appeared to be wholly indifferent how much further said aunt amanda to ketch about a mile ma'am said he the last mile of their journey was a long mile and it was traversed in perfect darkness the moon had not yet risen not a word was spoken and there was no sound except the pad of the mule's feet and the breaking of twigs and branches as the travellers pushed their way through the prisoners were in a state of greater nervousness and anxiety than before and as they neared the place where their lives were to be disposed of in one way or another their sense of uncertainty became almost unbearable when it seemed that they must be close to the fateful place the procession suddenly halted and at the same instant the screech of a parrot startled the silence and made each of the prisoners jump it is only the captain said ketch it's a signal immediately as if in response there came from a distance in advance the note of a cuckoo three times repeated the procession moved forward a moment or two later the whole company came forth from the forest under the stars and stood on the edge of a wide round clearing grown high with grass and weeds in the midst of this clearing rose a tower high dudgeon said ketch over his shoulder this also was a round tower built of stone but it was very tall much taller than the highest trees and from the top there must have been a view of all the surrounding country even as far as the hill within which was the treasure cave from the number of deep and narrow slits which served as windows it must have been six or seven stories high the top of the tower was flat with battlements around the rim as a fortress it seemed to be impregnable as a dwelling-house it was very dismal indeed it was totally dark the captives trembled at the thought of being imprisoned in such a place the wayfarers proceeded in their single file directly to the great iron-bound oaken door of the tower and those who were mounted got down ketch assisted aunt amanda and freddie to alight 
and having done so he took charge of the mules and led them away captain lingo took from his breeches pocket a small key and unlocked the door be so kind as to enter he said and made way for the captives and his men when all were within including ketch who had now returned the captain locked the door on the inside and restored the key to his pocket End of chapter 17